Hello and welcome back to another episode of What More Can I Say, a Skater Boy Fancast. I'm Sabra Kojis. And I'm May, and Twitch took away my last name. Can they do that, really? <laughs> they stole my last name from me, and they actually, what's what's most insulting of all, they gave it to a different streamer. I'm making this joke because, <laughs> as Sabra can tell, and you guys cannot tell, I'm recording on my streaming setup right now, which I've never done before. And I sort of realized today, like, why haven't I done that before? Because it's a good setup. It's because she finally deemed us worthy of her fancier setup. Yeah. And prior to this, she did not. Exactly. I, I was literally, last time we recorded, I was, like, in my bedroom, like, just terrible. Like, a terrible setup. My mic was literally just sitting on my bed, like, lying on my bed. <laughs> not good. I mean, it's... It's better than me who records on my phone because I don't, I had a microphone, it broke. Um, it also doesn't plug into my computer anyway. So, um, anyway, today we're talking about Avril's collaborations. Times when she's been featured on someone else's song, times when someone else has been featured on her song. Yeah. I don't really know how this is going to go because it's kind of a vague topic. <laughs> it is, but there is a lot to talk about regardless. I do have a bomb to drop at some point, but we'll get to that. To start, I think we start with the obvious. Modson, what, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what is up with that? I'm not going to lie. I don't really love Flames as a song. Not my favorite. Yeah. Also, here's here's actually my like main thought when I was like looking through all these collaborations. It seemed to me... If somebody was collaborating with Al Avril on one of her songs, if they were going to appear on one of her albums, it was somebody big and somebody relevant. So it was like Nicki Minaj in Dumb Blonde, or it was her ex-husband, or it was Machine Gun Kelly, like after he had blown up in the pop punk world. But if she was on somebody else's song, it was always somebody that I've never heard or cared about. A.K. Modson. <laughs> well, Willow Smith also. Yeah, that one didn't seem to be like a featured. Well, I guess it's still a collaboration. Yeah. But also, do you have a list of her features in front of you? Because I was trying to find one, and I don't have it. Here's where the internet likes to make our lives difficult, and here is where we come in as Avril Lavigne historians. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, there isn't a fucking list. It was so frustrating. Yeah, I was trying to find one, and I was like. Where, though? Exactly. So you could easily look through her discography and you'll easily be able to see, it'll say like sung or performed by, and then most of the time it says Avril Lavigne and then occasionally it would say Avril Lavigne and somebody else. That was really easy to find, but there are very, very few examples. It was basically just the ones that I mentioned. In order to find her being featured on someone else's song, it was impossible unless it was Monson. And that's just because he's in the news because he's her fiance. Right. So what I had to do, I did some digging because I care about this podcast and I care about our 14 listeners and their happiness. And I went through Genius Lyrics and I went to Avril Lavigne's page and I clicked on her songs and I organized it by like date uh, released or whatever. And then from there, I just basically went through and clicked on anything 
that I didn't recognize. Interesting. This was a flawed theory because (laughs) (laughs) it worked, but it also, she has so many songs because not only was this list on Genius is any song that like she has recorded, but it was also anything that she's listed as the songwriter of. Oh, so that's a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's something like Breakaway, which was performed by Kelly Clarkson, but written by Avril Lavigne. Sometimes it was... Uh, somebody had sampled Skater Boy, new episode coming soon. Sometimes it was somebody did a cover of one of her songs and like she's therefore credited with it. Um, so I didn't make my way through the whole list, but, uh, I will say SpongeBob SquarePants rock theme. Oh yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes Mm -hmm. ago. I forgot about that. Some like religious songs come up. She sings some like hymns and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then stuff I never heard of, Wings Clipped by Grey, featuring Avril Lavigne and Anthony Green, which also those names are way too similar and I didn't like saying that out yeah. loud. I've never heard of that. Am, am I a fake fan? You might be. No, this is literally every episode of this podcast makes me feel like a fake fan <laughs> because, because this information isn't readily available. And here's where I'm going to drop my bomb. Remember when we did Avril's acting career? Yeah, I remember it well. And I've listened to that episode like three times since we posted it. So I remember it. (laughs) So you know how we found about two movies and then some stuff where she was playing herself. Maybe she was performing on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but she was acting in two movies, Fast Food Nation and Over the Hedge. Okay. In my search on Genius Lyrics for Avril Lavigne songs, I found a song where she is singing with Ashley Tisdale and G.E.M. I don't know who G.E.M. is, but Ashley Tisdale, that really stuck out to me. I was like, hmm. I mean, I know she had like a Disney kind of singing career, but like, interesting. And I click on it and it's called Trophy Boy. And it looks like it's from an animated movie. And I was like, okay, so she's sang on some animated movie for the soundtrack, sounds cool. Wrong. Turns out Avril was in this movie. She was a character in this movie. And the reason we don't know about it is because the movie was totally made and then never released in the United States. It was only released in Europe. What? Why is it not her Wikipedia page? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like, we know more about Avril Lavigne than anybody else this bitch is shrouded in mystery she is how do you just do an entire movie that's released in europe and it's not on your wikipedia page like for many people that would be the only thing on their wikipedia page right so the movie is called charming and wilmer valderrama is also in it i i need to check the dates but i wonder if it was around the time when they supposedly dated although obviously an animated movie is not the same as live action you're not like hanging out with your co-stars necessarily but it's a computer animated musical comedy film um it's produced by vanguard animation which isn't something that i've heard of but it also says from the producers of shrek so also like that's huge like the producers of shrek is a huge deal may is looking confused well i'm looking at vanguard animation and i want you to know that they also um produce the the film space chimps that's not as important to me no no no. i just was like (laughs) what even is this but they also did happily never after which i think i've heard of and valiant which maybe i've heard of um and also very importantly space chimps too (laughs) the most important um, the film features the voices of Demi Lovato, Wilmer Valderrama, Avril Lavigne. So that's a love triangle right there. Oops. 
Um, Sia, Ashley Tisdale, GEM, who is Gloria Tang Shezwing, a Hong Kong singer-songwriter. Okay, it's not someone I know. It says that Fallout Boy contributed a song to the movie. The film had its world premiere in Spain in 2018 and was met with generally negative reviews. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, wait, here's the big deal. The, what? Streaming service Netflix acquired the distribution rights to the film in the United States and was released on the platform in January 2021. Why has nobody heard of this? Yeah, what the heck? I'm on the Wikipedia page also, and this is very confusing because there's like a very fleshed out Wikipedia page and it links to Avril Lavigne's Wikipedia page. So why at the same time did they not add this to Avril's Wikipedia page? What is happening? I don't know. And she's one of like the first, like when you look at the cast, it, she's the fourth person listed. Right. And she was playing Snow White. That's like a significant, I it's a known character at least. I don't know if it's a significant yeah. role in the film, but it's at least a well-known fairy tale character. Right. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 24%. Not um, excellent, e I'll say. But it could be worse. I mean, what was the rating for Fast Food Nation? Quite bad. Quite bad, as I recall. I'm going to find it right now. It was a... Oh, no, it was only 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay, better. that's actually not <laughs> that bad. Yeah. But there are some movies that we love that I'm sure are much worse than 24%. Critics don't know anything about young women and what we like. Fair enough. And it's Avril Lavigne. Yeah, this is... I'd be interested to watch this. I'm sure I would suffer the whole yeah. time. But I would be interested. No, we'll watch it. So anyway, that was my big bomb to drop on this episode. In doing this research on Avril's collaborations, I learned about a whole movie that we never talk about because we don't know it exists. I'm baffled by this. I know. I don't understand. We need to update her Wikipedia page. I mean, That's we established that We know more. Right. But we established in our Wikipedia episodes that there's flaws all over that Wikipedia yes. page. Well, my other thing, I mean, we've talked about this, I think a couple of times, is it felt like with the upcoming release of her new album, that maybe they had gone in, someone on the team had gone in and like edited the Wikipedia page to be more complete, but also to kind of fit the narrative they wanted to of Avril Lavigne. Why they didn't include this movie though is still confusing to me. Unless they just didn't know, like whoever updated the page just didn't know about it and Avril didn't feel the need to tell them. I mean, because she shrouded like, a mystery. Right. And it feels like not a lot of people in the US at least do know about this movie. So I can easily see. I mean, we know that the over the hedge thing and the fast food nation thing were already on the Wikipedia page. Yes. So it seems like when they were updating it, they just were addressing like her music and things like that. And didn't feel the and need her early to. Life. Yeah, because there's no real reason to add this if you're just doing it for like PR related to the album. Right. True. I wonder, because you know how Wikipedia, like, it used to get a bad rap because anybody could edit it. And so people would edit it to be, to say things that were blatantly wrong and, and problematic and misleading. Um, but now Wikipedia actually gets like, updated so often that if you try to say something that's incorrect on a big enough page it'll get taken down really fast and I actually remember a time where I clicked on the Wikipedia page I think for like the 2016 election this was after 2016 and somebody had put at the top like Trump will win in 2020 like in all caps like screw you people whatever whatever and then by the time I was able to like send it to a friend it was already gone 
Um, but that's like a really common page. But I think Avril Lavigne is a big enough page that I wonder if we posted something on it that was correct, but was an outside like uh, entry, what would happen to that? And I think that we should test that. Not right now because we are recording, but next time. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, that's my thing. I also have another thought, but if you have thoughts about Avril's collaborations and you want to take a second to speak, you may do that. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. <laughs> well, I just, well, first of all, I've been eating my soup, which is very important. But also, uh, what would be interesting potentially is to just lead with our favorite one. Okay. Do you have a favorite? Boys lie. But I would like it more if it wasn't a collaboration. Totally. Uh, my favorite is um, the Lil Mama and Avril Lavigne remix of Girlfriend. Oh, I didn't even find that one. That's great stuff. <laughs> it has its own separate music video. And I think it's so fun. It came out right around the time that there was a brief moment when Lil Mama was like pretty up and coming. And she released that song Lip Gloss. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that was her. Yeah. Lip gloss is so good. And the cultural impact of lip gloss, I feel like... That was a huge impact. Yeah, like people still quote that regularly. Yes. You know, and I feel like she's she was unappreciated in her time, even though people did like that song. But this is not a Lil Mama podcast, so I won't go off on a whole tangent. But I recently was like... Whatever happened to her? Uh, she was on a she was on a season of the challenge Champs versus Stars, where she made it pretty far, and I think she was paired with Tori Deal, maybe who's a like pretty big person on MTV now, and that's basically what I know about <laughs> Little Mama. Apparently, a really long time ago, like right around I think the time that lip gloss came out, Alicia Keys was performing at the VMAs. And Lil Mama, like, came out on stage and, like, crashed the performance, kind of. And I, it seems like it was a publicity thing, but, like, Alicia Keys maybe didn't know about it. And it was just, like, a weird thing that I never heard about at the time. But later, Alicia Keys was, like, <laughs> extremely mean about it. Like, it's weird. And it seems <laughs> to me like it kind of ended her career, which I think is really strange. And it made me feel really bad for her. I can't imagine Alicia Keys being mean about anything. Like, she just seems like the nicest person in the world. Just, like, love and light at any moment. <laughs> like, full Buddha. Like, yeah, that's what I think of Alicia Keys. But apparently Lil Mama, like, apologized for it. And it was during a performance of um, New York State of Mind, back when that was the hip new song. And mm -hmm. it was, like, Alicia Keys and Jay-Z performing. And she just, like, showed up on the stage, I guess. And then she said later she apologized and they, like, didn't even respond. I don't know. Weird. Weird. About the girlfriend thing, though, that's so wild to me. That song has five million versions of it. Like, she recorded a different version yeah. in so many languages. Like, she learned languages to record this song and then also did a little Mama version. Like, what was it about that song Yeah, that just had such a hold on her career? Well, I remember when that was happening, and I was young mm -hmm. enough that I was like, do all artists do this? Like, is this like a common thing? Because I listen to Avril Lavigne all the time, obviously. And I would be looking through the iTunes list of all of her songs. And I was like, oh, I guess 
like I genuinely thought because of this that like popular artists just recorded versions of their songs in other languages and it was a common thing. Yeah, well, I know like Demi Lovato had to record a song in Spanish. I think she maybe recorded a couple songs in Spanish, but like she was taught the Spanish for the song and then like forgot it completely. But they were trying, I think, to profit off of her like being Latina. I'm using wrong pronouns here. Oh, yeah. People were trying to right. profit off of Demi's Latino heritage. Mm. There we go. I fixed it. Um, and I think Selena Gomez, same thing. But with Avril, it was just like random. Like, I, I would get if it was fr in French, but it was. Right. It was there French, was a French one, Portuguese. if I recall correctly. I think there was, yeah. It was like everything. Well, because also, though, if you listen to like, you know, there's like a Korean version and a Japanese version, and it's clear that she's not the one singing the parts that are in a different language. Is it? I. Okay. I feel like I haven't super noticed it, but I also really haven't listened to it except like I saw a TikTok <laughs> where someone like it was a they were in a car with their friend and they're like, oh, I'm going to turn on some music. And they like turn it on and it's girlfriend and the friend's like, yeah, let's skip this song. And they turn it to the next song and it's girlfriend in a different language. And they're like, yeah, let's skip this song. And that just keeps going for the whole TikTok. And it was very funny. And May looks very perplexed. And I don't know why, because it's not towards me. It's towards the computer. Well, I'm, I'm on... <laughs> I'm on Lil Mama's Wikipedia page. I guess I just don't know what this girl is up to. But anyway, not important. Woman, she's not a girl. I apologize, Lil Mama. We're just saying all the wrong things this episode. Yeah. I want to say I came into this episode very flustered because there's a job I really want. And I got an interview for a job at this company that I really, really want. And I hope nobody from work listens to this. Oops, it's fine. It hasn't even, this whole season hasn't come out yet. Anyway, and then... I got the first interview for that job, even though I was like, didn't really think I was all that qualified. And the recruiter was like, cool, I'm going to pass you along for the second round. And I never heard anything back. And then I was like, sad, but then they posted a better job for the same company that I was like, no way, I want Ooh. that job. That job is perfect for me. So I, I applied, but I also emailed the recruiter and I'm like, hey, like I saw this job and I really want it and blah, 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 blah. And then, and I still haven't, and I didn't hear anything all week. And I was like, damn. And I kind of just like resigned to like, okay, I guess I didn't get it. Like that sucks, but whatever. And then uh, on LinkedIn, they reposted the job. So it's still the same, like, I can't reapply online because it's it says I've applied. But on LinkedIn, it's been reposted and it's a different recruiter. And I was like, interesting. So I emailed the recruiter that I know again. And I was like, I just want to reiterate. Here's why I'd be so perfect for this job. And uh, then I'm like, wait a second. So I go to her LinkedIn page and she doesn't work there anymore. It says recruiter for this company until April 2022. And her profile says looking for work. And I was like, oh my God, that's why I haven't heard anything. So I, I went to the new recruiter's page and she had like posted being like, we're hiring for these positions. So I got my like free trial of LinkedIn premium and I sent her a message. So I feel flustered because of that because I like at one moment felt both very, very far, but also very, very close to getting this job because all of a sudden I was like, oh, I haven't not heard because they didn't want me. I haven't heard because this whole recruiter thing, but also now it's, I don't have a connection. Like, I don't know. So I came into this very flustered and that's the energy that I'm putting out there today. <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand. It's because no one ever notifies anyone of anything ever especially at large companies. But it's weird that they were just like, well, the recruiter left. Let's not follow up with any of her contacts. I know. Even one That's, who just I, had an interview. I know. It didn't make sense for the job that I had actually spoken to her about. 
but I get it for the new job because by the time I emailed, I think she was done. Um, cause I emailed like 10 PM last Friday night and that was probably her last day. So I don't know though why they wouldn't have contacted me about the, the original job, but unless it's the universe being like, you don't want that job. You want this other job, which I do. I really, really want it. <laughs> Intriguing. So um, I don't know why May is so distracted by Lil Mama. I know why I'm flustered, though. That's why. <laughs> I'm just saying I really like lip gloss and I really like the, <laughs> the girlfriend remix. I think that's it's so good. It's so entertaining. The music video is fun. They drive around in a convertible, if I recall correctly. I mean, you might want to check back because remember when I thought I fully recalled the rock and roll music video and then turns out I butchered the explanation of it. And when we actually rewatched it, it was so much wilder than I could ever have imagined. It was way wilder. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So that one to me feels like a good collab because they were both popular with I would say an overlapping demographic, but mm -hmm. both of them still bringing in new audiences because they were both very much in the teen scene at that time. And so to me, that one made perfect sense, especially because it was a remix of the song. It wasn't like bringing in like when we talked about we had that conversation a couple episodes ago about um dumb blonde and the that was a rapper which makes this a real song phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> and that remix definitely isn't that in the least it's a remix and Lil Mama was bringing something like really interesting but still similar enough because like I said overlapping audiences dumb blonde feels much weirder because it's first of all the context of the album makes it very confusing like with yes, girlfriend so confusing yeah like with girlfriend that whole album feels like oh you could like bring on somebody fun because it's like a very mm -hmm. party like like hype kind of yeah and because it was an existing song you would be like oh well i already like the original version let's check out this remix versus a new song i'd be like eh I don't know who that is. I don't, why would I bother? Right. But I mean, even if it hadn't been a remix, then I can see it working in the context of the album still, just because it's a very upbeat kind of an album. And, uh, and again, I know I keep saying overlapping audiences, but there was, you know, like I was a fan of both <laughs> of them. Um, whereas it was much weirder in the dumb blonde context because that entire song, it's not Nicki Minaj's fault that that song feels out of place on that album. Yeah. That song feels out of place well, anyway. Here's my question. I realized in the research of this, I don't know how collaborations work because what, again, like when it was a song on Avril's album, it was always someone really big. Yes. Nicki Minaj doesn't necessarily like make sense, but like at least they're comparable I mean, Nicki Minaj was maybe more famous than Avril at the time, but like they still had equal levels of fame at certain points in their career. But then like with other people, she it's someone I've never heard of and still to this day have never heard of. So I'm like, how do collaborations work? Who decides that this will be a collaboration? Do people write a song and decide, I think somebody else should join me on this song? Or do they write a song and their label is like, we need to add somebody famous to this to make it known because otherwise no one will listen to it. If that's the case, like, how did they get Avril? Like, what does it take for somebody like Avril to agree to this stuff? Enlighten me if you know the answer. And if not, I'll be sad. Well, first of all, I'm getting a weird feeling of deja vu because I feel like we've had a very similar conversation to this 
on the podcast. We've talked about other things I don't know about (laughs) the music industry. (laughs) Well, I'll give you what I I would guess is the answer. I don't have like insider knowledge of this, but I imagine that it depends on a couple of things. One would be what the writing process even is, because for some artists, their labels fully write. Yeah, we have talked about this. Yeah. And then for some artists, it'll be like, and I think this is probably the case with Modson. It sounds like they were in the studio writing together. And so it makes sense for them to be on each other's songs because they were writing those things simultaneously. Then I think there's probably times when the artist writes the music, the, the label or the artist says, I want another person on this for like promotional reasons. Publicity. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm sure is why, I mean, that's from an outside perspective, it seems like that's why Avril's on Willow Smith's song. And also for whoever Willow Smith's management is, I'm sure they wanted to add a level of legitimacy kind of to mm-hmm. her. To the pop punk scene. Exactly. Her being in the Which pop actually punk scene. Yeah. is why. Makes sense. And it's why Mark Hoppus makes sense for Avril's album because Avril departed from that scene yeah. for a little while. But Mark Hoppus is like obviously one of the most established people in the pop punk scene has never strayed from that. Yeah. And so, and why Machine Gun Kelly makes sense because he was coming off of a huge pop punk album that was very successful, was releasing a second pop punk album, and so like he was more relevant in the scene per chance than Avril at that exact moment. How also did you see though that there's (laughs) on Genius lyrics? There's also like a bunch of unreleased songs, and so one of the songs was called Mark's Song. And there's no lyrics and there's nothing we know about it, but it's like speculated that maybe she wrote a song for Mark Hoppus, like about his cancer or something, but like, we don't know. That's interesting. It's a mystery. Yeah, I wonder who added that. I know. Cause it's also, there was also a, a listing where it was like, dare to like me. And then there's like <laughs> nothing on there. And it's like, this is a confirmed song. And someone in the comments was like, did you mean dare to love me? Cause like, yeah. Because there can't be two songs. Right. No, I'd be interested to know if there was a a prior draft of that song. Because you know my feelings on that. It's not my favorite. Right. I I don't mind it as much as I mind some of the other songs on the album, but it's also like not in my top on the album. Oh, I don't loathe it, certainly. But I just, I I more so want to know like, why did Avril agree to be on Wings Clipped by Grey? Like, what was that process? Or why was she, there was a song by oh my god what was it called I don't remember but it was uh I also someone I had never heard of and and I not even just me being like oh I don't really listen to music like I don't know that most people have heard of this person and so I'm just like how much did someone have to bribe her to do that (laughs) or is it like is it the same kind of is it a similar thing to when an artist like decides who's going to open for them on tour and like it's kind of them like signing off on that artist being like I think that this person is good and you guys should listen to them I'm trying to get to the bottom of wings clipped sorry for being not (laughs) not totally focused but it looks like it's by maybe like a so gray is the artist and it's featuring Avril and Anthony Green and I don't know who Anthony Green is I also don't know he was from Circa Survive which I have heard of that's a band so I wonder if they just know each other from that. Um, it says, the second single from the duo's Chameleon EP, Wings Clip, serves as another one of Grey's future hits. 
Featuring pop-punk princess Avril Lavigne and Anthony Green on vocals, the song really satisfies. The song marks Lavigne's first major release since her self-titled album was released in 2013. Due to her sickness, Lyme disease, and divorce with Nickelback frontman Chad Kroger, Levine stayed out of the spotlight. This song marks the beginning of her comeback. Yeah, this is very interesting. I'm sort of more intrigued by this one because I hadn't heard of it and I would only I only know about it because of this podcast. <laughs> so I'm also intrigued as to why this happened. She also, for the record, had a song with Nick Carter called Get Over Me. Oh. I the lyrics of which are I messed up, took you home, just my luck, you're a psycho. Oh, that's so Avril. Great start, Nick Carter. That's so Avril, though. That's, like, can't <laughs> you picture her singing that? Yeah, but that's Nick Carter's part of the song. No, I know. But it's just, like, I can see why she would have been like, yep, that sounds like But, me. like, it feels bad. That's another one of those things. It feels bad if a man is calling a woman psycho. <laughs> but it feels, like, more fun if, I mean, it feels scary if a woman calls a man psycho because you Oh, know he probably is, yes. <laughs> right. But in a song, it's, like, kind of, in, like, a, if it's, like, an upbeat pop punk song, that's, like, fun. Because <laughs> it feels like a gender reversal and those are fun. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I feel I feel less like weird about it than I do specifically about like the because it's at least straightforward. The boys lie. Boys lies insidious. The lyrics also continue. You had my mail, stole my phone, and how oh. the hell did you ch- change my password? Oh, maybe she is actually genuinely. <laughs> she is nuts. a psycho. <laughs> no, that's valid, Nick Carter. First time it was amazing. Two times you acting crazy. Three times you say it's my baby, it's my baby. You call you're calling me every night talking about you and I. I'm hanging up. This is my last goodbye. How can I make you see that there ain't no you and me? Oh, no. What can I do to get you out of my life? Get over this me. This is just Billy Jean. <laughs> it is Billy Jean. That's so good. Um, I'm going to keep reading these lyrics just because I think they're so funny and they're making me smile. Uh, Nick Carter continues, Now I got a stage five clinger trying to put a (laughs) ring on my finger. Only want me because I'm a singer. Get over me. (laughs) No, literally, it's Billie Jean. This is Billie Jean for a new generation. And then he repeats that. And then Avril finally comes in. She goes, You broke in, stole my key, got one made so you can watch me even when I'm asleep, you creep. But that's not where the story ends. You follow me like every weekend and you're freaking out my friends. See, actually now it felt more fun when Nick Carter was singing and and scarier when Avril was <laughs> oh, no. going. Um, do you know the song Stunnin' by Curtis Waters? It's like a TikTok no, song. It's that one like, I'm a pretty boy, I'm stunning. Super speed sonic. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah. the one. Well, yeah, I yeah. feel like stage five clinger seems like something he would just say in that song. Like, I'm a stage five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the rest of the song. The bridge is why can't you get the message? Move on and just forget some things were never meant to be. And the rest is all just repeating that kind of sentiment. Um, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> describing it as like that sentiment. Like you're very... <laughs> <laughs> very like granular like we do on this podcast yeah yeah so i'm confused about the gray song for sure yeah um maybe i'll email uh oh, what the hell is his name travis barker i'll email travis barker and ask him about it i'm sure he knows <laughs> but this was before she was signed to travis barker's label i'm sure he knows about it okay good. maybe maybe i watched a video of him and he just seems like he seemed very very chill but also just very like 
just did not want to like be doing anything. He seemed like a dude who wanted to be like laying in bed on his phone. And I was like, sir, maybe you should go do that instead <laughs> of doing this video where you tell the world what you eat in a day. Oh, nice. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Is he vegan? Am I recalling that correctly? He yeah. is vegan. Why did I know that? That one we know. Is Avril Lavigne a vegan? So who knows? described Avril <laughs> vegan what how do they phrase it it's like something crazy like that like she has been described yeah, I think that as was vegan. It. what um i have one more point to make a lot of avril's collaborations were with evan tovenfeld mm. like it was more than one song was with this man the only other person i think that avril's collaborated that much with is Modson, right whom she is now engaged to so I feel like there is more to the Evan Tobinfeld relationship than we know of. You think that because they've done multiple collabs, then are you, are you, yep. he was a boy and she was a girling it? <laughs> are you using Avril's own logic to say, could I make it any more obvious? They must kiss. Yes. Yes. But they did date, right? Or we assume that they dated. I don't think so. No, I think they did date. And that's why we thought he was the skater boy. No, Remember, you were, like, really gung-ho about that theory, and then you read something that completely destroyed it? Well, no. The the thing that disproved it was the fact that he didn't join the band until after the song came out. Right. But that doesn't just that doesn't mean that they didn't date. But I don't think there's I any... I think they did date. No, I think they did. All right. I And if they... if Even if it's not public knowledge, I'm saying to you now, like, from my Avril historian brain, they dated. So what I want to just clarify, though... Is that you're, you started this out by being like conspiracy theory, they dated. No, no, no. My conspiracy theory is not that they dated. My conspiracy theory is that there's much more to it, that it was much more serious and important than we know. No, but wouldn't they have gotten engaged then because they always ask her? Maybe they did. <laughs> no, that was a little, that was a little joke. What I mean, or, or or in addition to that, rather, yeah, like all of her relationships have more to them than we know about because she doesn't talk about anything ever and we don't know anything about her. Yes, but I'm just saying, like, there's some, like, the, the speculation of Wilmer Valderrama, which is like, well, that one is only speculation and it was so short, it just seems like a fling. But, like, this one seems serious. <laughs> I like that you're basing that off of, like... <laughs> genuinely nothing that's what we do this whole podcast it's true Meg. it's true it's just vibes <laughs> just vibes it is vibes i would be interested i would love for a source to be cited on whether or not they dated because i don't remember that i'm not saying they didn't i'm just saying i don't remember evan tobenfeld is rumored to have hooked up with avril lavigne in 2002 <laughs> nice <laughs> Nice for who? Good for them. Me for finding it, Evan for doing it, Avril for doing it. Just good for them. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> I love anything that's in a passive voice like that. Like, it is it is rumored that. All right. Who rumored it? <laughs> me, right now. <laughs> You're, like, not even reading anything. You're just saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just adding to the Wikipedia page right now. That's the thing, also. I want us to actually add to the Wikipedia page what we do know to be true. But also, I want to see what would happen if we just started writing things like, some people think blah, 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 and like just write a lie. Like a fun lie, not a mean lie. Well, I think we could cite our podcast 
as the source because they have i would say that that's not a legitimate source like obviously we're just like making up bullshit all the time this is like not a legitimate source for much of anything um except for facts about us interestingly but some (laughs) of the mostly me but yes mostly facts about you you know that i stream on twitch and that i went to drama school but you know that i have a law degree also so you guys know a lot about me you know more about me than my twitch audience does i hope they never overlap but uh what was i saying hang on hang on the thought this is not a legitimate source oh yes but we could i mean but during our wikipedia episode we talked right. about how some of the sources literally don't link to anything. Yeah, they don't. So, so <laughs> our podcast is, is frankly, it's a more valid source than literally a broken link to nothing. Well, it's also like if we just said some people think that Avril and Evan had a very serious relationship uh, that potentially ended in an engagement. Like, we are some people. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> as think As long that. as more than one... <laughs> shh, just go with me on it. As long as more than one person says it, it's some people. Yeah, fair enough. Listen, if our viewers would just write in to our podcast, like, responsible people, then maybe we would know who thinks that. Well, once I start releasing episodes for this season, I am going to post, like, each episode on Reddit mm-hmm, and kind of mm-hmm. go through, like, hey, listen to this. Hey, listen to this. Um, because I think we did get some listeners from nice. that. But uh, I would also, we could potentially start doing some polls. <laughs> Do you think Evan Thomas? Oh, yeah, you should do that, first of all. But what if I cultivate, like, a very uh, antagonistic relationship with our audience? Like, I don't like them. What if that's my thing? (laughs) (laughs) So, that's fine. The thing is that, like, I have a desperate need to be liked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think if you go down, like, you bring me down with you. And obviously, if anyone's going down, it should be me because I'm the one who talks about herself. <laughs> but I think, Like, I though, should be tearing you down, not the other way around. That makes sense. But I think, though, that if I start being really mean about our audience, then it gives you a great opportunity to look like a hero in their eyes by defending them. So I'm really doing you a favor. I wonder... I would only agree to you doing that if it would cause people to anger right into the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Well, I think we talked actually recently about like just saying something extremely controversial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, something like, oh, I think all dogs should die. <laughs> coming out of the gate with a cancelable offense. Yeah. Getting people I mean, talking. My, my thing is going to be that Avril Lavigne has been engaged a million times there one million exactly um also i just want you to know that uh i was wrong about girlfriend being recorded in korean it was recorded in spanish french italian portuguese german japanese and mandarin and the mandarin one is the one that i remember being like that's not avril singing no way (laughs) well that makes sense i've heard it's very difficult for people who grew up speaking english to uh learn chinese because the mouth sounds are just very different and a lot of times you can't make them if you don't learn them at a certain age same way like i can never i'm never gonna roll my r's because i didn't learn how to do it as a child that's so interesting yeah i can yeah not to brag yeah i was talking to someone who spoke i don't remember whether it was mandarin or cantonese um, but he was an opera singer and he was saying that the the Chinese language that he spoke, I don't remember which one, was easier okay. for him because it has a lot to do with pitch and tone in a way that yeah. a lot of other languages don't. And he said he had an easier time of it because he was an opera singer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Alrighty, do you have any other thoughts on Avril's collaborations? My main thought of this episode is that in... I really feel like a historian. I feel like this one history class that I took in college, it was called Remembering and Forgetting in Post-War Europe, and it was about how do we rem like remember and teach about the Holocaust. Mm. And the basis of the like class was this idea that two different countries could tell wildly different stories about what happened because everyone obviously wants to look like the good guys totally. at the end of the day. And so like two different textbooks from two different countries would say like, our country did this great thing during the war. And then the other textbook would be like, that country did the exact literal opposite of what they're claiming. Right. Um, and something like France claimed that they were like, very against the Germans and didn't like let the Germans tell them what to do but then someone found like German records basically being like ah oh, we told France to fire all their Jewish teachers mm -hmm. and they did it immediately right, right. um and so it really like brought to light this thing that the government had been trying to keep under wraps and whoever that historian is is considered like a hero in France now right. for doing that that's so interesting that you're leading up to comparing that to this podcast <laughs> yeah that's what I feel like we're doing. There's the information, the textbook, the Wikipedia page, but then I did the digging, I did the research, I went through her genius page, and I found the movie that nobody talks about. Yeah, and thank God for that. The forgotten movie. Now you're a hero. <laughs> I am. I'm a hero to the Avril Lavigne community. They just don't know it yet. It's a very important community. I did also try to find, I don't know, I think I probably said this. I did try to find her graphic novel at the library, and I could not, so. That's a tragedy. It was a tragedy. Um, do you have any last thoughts about Avril's collaborations? Um, I don't think so, other than just, like, it's interesting to see how they've hit at different points of her career, and whether, like, because she's had this whole journey as an artist mm -hmm. through varying degrees of, fame and slightly less fame and back to fame and it's interesting how her <laughs> collaborations track that because like you said there's times when she's going and like benefiting the other artist by being the more famous one and there's times when artists have done that for her or at least not necessarily uh in like the more famous side of things but bringing her back in line with the genre you know all that other stuff and and, and also we didn't really talk about her i mean she's done a lot of collaborations with her former husband Nickelback boy. Yes. And some of them have also been a little bit changing her genre because that one, I'm forgetting the name of it, but I really can't be bothered to look it up. The one with the music video where they're in the mansion <laughs> and scrumbling and whatnot. It's like almost like a yes. country sort of a vibe. It's just interesting. Avril Lavigne invented country music. That's so true. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we're finally on the same page about Avril and country music. Yeah, I mean, you have, I will somewhere. say, changed your tune about it no it makes sense it makes sense think about it if she had never heard of country music but then she started singing it she invented it for canada so it was sort of like a simultaneous creation or like independent creation yeah. rather yes interesting exactly fun Alrighty, audience, we're begging you to write in, send us a voice note. <laughs> we just want to know you're out there. I thought you were going to say, we just want to know your address. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you were saying for some reason. Send a postcard to Sabra and you don't have much time because I think she's moving. So get it together. Oh, I'm actually not moving. Fun fact. Oh. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna not pay off my student loans. Fair enough. <laughs> and, hey, fair enough. And pay for rent instead. Yeah. Wild. Or I'm going to get this new job that I want. Fingers and then crossed. that'll cover it. Yeah. 
I'm I'm manifesting it. Law of attraction. Very nice. Raising my vibration. Do it. Gonna raise it so high it lines up with Avril and I meet her. I like that idea. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, if the idea of the law of attraction is that you will attract anything that your vibration is a match to, I just, all I have to do is get on Avril's vibration level. Yeah. I don't know what that is or how to do it. But... Well, she she did that with Mod Sun, so maybe you don't want to do it. Or did I? No. Mod Sun manifested her. I looked up his net worth as like $3 million and her <laughs> net worth is $85 million. <laughs> Jeez. I will say those things are notoriously inaccurate, but fair enough. They are. That was actually a very funny Zendaya clip where I think it said her net worth was like $1 million or something. And she was like, that's not true. <laughs> um, and it was very funny. But uh, also, May and I have talked about this in text, but uh, I feel like Mod Sun's whole vibe is just like complaining because he has a song called Rich Kids Ruin Everything. And he also has an album called Internet Killed the Rockstar. And it just feels like a lot of excuses for why he's not famous. <laughs> I agree with that. And I'm particularly irritated. Like, Internet Killed the Rockstar is, I guess it's like supposed to be a video killed the radio star reference. I just think it's lame. It is. Yeah. But especially because I'm like, how would anyone know about you if it weren't for the internet, bud? Because you literally became famous as far as I know from like dating two e-celebrities at once. So that's weird yep. that you're mad. But then his, like, kids, what is it? Rich kids ruin everything? I'm like, oh, you're in your 30s. Why are you mad at kids? Yeah, <laughs> Stop <it>. true. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a kind of person that, like, clings on to that language of, like, kids. And I would hear some people say it in grad school where they would be like, because you know how when you're in college, you sort of are, like, still a little bit reflexively referring to your peers as kids? Like, oh, I was talking sure. to this kid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so like in high school, you'll sort of like say, oh, I was talking to this kid. It continues into college. It should not continue until grad school. You shouldn't be in grad school saying, <laughs> I met this kid and blah, blah, blah. No, you met an adult. Like, yeah. It drove me crazy because I was like, we're in a professional school. This is not even like, you know, doing like a five-year program where you get your master's while you're in college, which I'm not belittling that in the slightest, to be clear. It's just like a little bit of a different thing than like going to law school when a lot of my peers were like in their 30s. Like, don't yeah. refer to that person as a kid. That's so weird. Yeah. Matsun is weird. And so it just it's just one of those examples of like, it kind of feels like maybe he's using her for her fame and wealth and the things that he doesn't have. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I, I would hope that's not the case. But I think we've talked about that before. Because, like, it seems like the potential is always there when you hit a certain level of celebrity for people to come in and take advantage of you. And yeah. so when it's someone who, from an outside perspective, seems kind of lame, you have to be like, wait. Yeah. Why, though? But then it's also, like... On the one hand, he's so lame that it's like, well, she would be able to tell if that's what it was, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you'd you'd assume her walls would be up really high for a lot of reasons, including how lame he is. <laughs> that, like, he, he would have really had to prove in himself. Right. So I would hope that that's what's happening. But I also know that, like, just one of the things that she's, like, wanted her whole life was love. And so that also concerns me that, like, would she jump into something... Not that it seems like she jumped into this because she did she did seem really like she she talked about how she was really guarded at the beginning, but still, I'm like, oh, I don't want you to get hurt again, girl. And it's also though totally possible that he doesn't come off that way if you meet him in person in a professional context. Yeah. I have no idea. Like I said, I don't know I the dude. So. I just see from afar and I go, 
<laughs> Alrighty, well, this has been another episode of What More Can I Say, a Skater Boy fan cast. Can I make it any more obvious?